This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. I've been asked if I preach about Christian non-duality from the pulpit in church as part of a traditional worship service. And the short answer is yes, but it is somewhat different than I speak on my podcast and videos. I expound a passage of scripture, as is typical in a sermon. This episode today is an example It is a sermon that I recorded at the end of March 2021 in New Hampshire. It was shown during a live in-person worship service at a church in New Hampshire on April 11th, 2021. And I'm recording this short introduction from Florida on that same Sunday as it was shown to the church and aired online through the church website. In this message, I relate unitive awareness to the earliest and only first-person account of the resurrection of Jesus in the Bible, as told by the Apostle Paul. It is entitled, The First Easter. Good morning, Moultonboro United Methodist Church. This is Marshall Davis. It's a joy for me to share a message with you this morning, even if it is by video. I wish I could be with you in person, but I'm out of town, just like our pastor, Bob, is out of town. Now, don't hate me for this, but as you're watching this, I'm in sunny Florida for a month. My wife and I were not able to get down to Florida for a few weeks in January or February, the way we normally do because of the pandemic, but thanks to the vaccine, we were able to get down to Florida for April. So I'm recording this actually at the end of March before we left. I'm planning to be back in worshiping with you in person in Moultonboro on the first Sunday in May. On the Sunday after Easter, I'm going to continue the Easter theme that Bob has been leading up to. And I want to begin by reading for you the earliest biblical account of Easter. It is not in the Gospels, but in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 1-11. Let me read this for you. Paul writes, Now I make known to you, brothers and sisters, the Gospel, which I preached to you, which you have also received, in which you also stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I handed down to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the Twelve. After that he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, 
most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. This is the earliest account of Easter in the Bible. The first letter to the Corinthians was written in the early 50s of the first century. The earliest gospel, the Gospel of Mark by comparison, was written 20 years later, in the early 70s. The Gospel of Matthews, Matthew, Gospels of Matthew and Luke are generally dated to around 80 AD, and the Gospel of John around 90 AD or shortly after. So Paul's account is clearly the earliest. Furthermore, Paul is quoting an even earlier Easter tradition. He starts off saying, For I handed down to you as of first importance what I also received. He had received an oral tradition that went all the way back to the first Easter. So we are touching history here. Paul gives us a play-by-play -play account of what happened that first Easter. This early biblical tradition says that Christ died, was buried, and was raised according to the scriptures. He says that twice. He means the Hebrew scriptures because there were no Christian scriptures yet. He says that Christ appeared to Cephas, which is the old name for Simon Peter, which again shows how ancient this tradition is. And then he says that Jesus appeared to the twelve, and then to five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom he said were still alive while he was writing that letter, but some had fallen asleep, by which he meant that they had died. So, there were first-hand witnesses who could confirm this tradition that he was passing on. Then Christ appeared to James, he says, and then to all of the apostles. Now this is James, the brother of Jesus, who was the leader of the early Jerusalem church, according to the book of Acts. So there's much of interest here. The this ancient Easter account is different than anything we find in the four Gospels. The four Gospels do not record any appearance of the risen Christ to Peter or to James. The Gospels do not have an appearance to 500 disciples at one time. You would think that something as important as that the Gospel writers would include, but they didn't. You would also think that they would include a private appearance to Peter, who was the head of the apostles, or to James, Jesus' brother, who became the head of the Jerusalem church. You would think that Jesus appearing to a family member would be f worth mentioning, but the Gospels don't mention that. And who are these other apostles that he talks about here, that the risen Christ appeared to? It's clear they are different than the twelve apostles 
But there's no mention in the Gospels of other apostles. Unless this is a reference to that large group of 70 disciples that Jesus sent out, which is what I think this refers to. Furthermore, Paul's account does not mention Mary Magdalene, that whole story about the garden tomb and Mary meeting Jesus there. doesn't talk about the risen Christ appearing to those two disciples on the Emmaus Road. Those are the most beloved Easter stories in the Bible to us today. It just shows how different this earliest account, this first Christian tradition about Easter is from what came to be written in the Gospels. Now this is all very interesting, but what I want to focus on is what comes next. After the risen Christ appeared to all of these, Paul writes, and last of all, as the one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. This is the only account of a resurrection appearance in the Bible written in the first person. No one else in the Bible writes, Christ appeared to me. This passage is very important for that reason. It's also important for the insights it gives us into the presence of the risen Christ today. Unfortunately, Paul does not go on to explain in 1 Corinthians 15 exactly what he saw in that resurrection appearance, even though he spends this whole chapter uh, talking about resurrection. I wish he did talk more about what he actually saw. But we have an account of his experience in the Acts of the Apostles, which was written by his friend Luke, who was his traveling companion. We know this is Paul's Damascus Road experience. Paul met the risen Christ in Syria a few years after Easter. Paul's meeting with the risen Christ is told three times the book of Acts, which is an indication of how important this is. The first time it is told by Luke in the third person, but then the next two times it's told in the book of Acts is told by Paul in the first person. Now I ask that one of these, the one in, in Acts 22, be read to you this morning in worship as a scripture reading. So hopefully that's already been done and you have heard that read aloud. It's different than the Easter accounts we're used to hearing. We're used to hearing tales about angels and an empty tomb and the stone being rolled back and the appearance of a, of a Christ who seems very human. Paul's meeting the risen Christ is different. Paul, at that time known by his Hebrew name Saul, was on a mission to arrest and imprison Christians in Damascus. When he was literally stopped in his tracks, Paul saw a blinding light, he fell to the ground, he heard a voice from heaven. Now this passage is often described as Paul's conversion, although Paul himself refers to it as a resurrection appearance. In Paul's telling of the story in Acts 22, Paul says that when the risen Jesus appeared to him, his traveling companions noticed something was happening to Paul, but they did not have the same experience as Paul. 
His companions saw a light, but they did not hear the voice of Christ. They were not temporarily blinded the way he was. Their lives were not completely changed the way his was. In other words, his companions did not meet the risen Christ on that road that day, even though they were right there beside Paul. This indicates that Paul's encounter with the risen Christ was a spiritual experience and not a physical one. Yet Paul insists that this appearance was equal in every way with the appearances of the risen Christ to any of the other apostles on Easter Day. In fact, a little earlier in 1 Corinthians, he is refuting those who were challenging that he was really an apostle. And he writes, Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? In his letter to the Galatians, which I think is his earliest letter and therefore the oldest book in the New Testament, Paul talks about this time in his life, and he writes, He who had set me apart from my mother's womb and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his Son in me, so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Now notice here that he does not say that God revealed his Son to him, but revealed his Son in me, he says. This was an inward experience of an inner Christ. In the same letter, he puts it this way, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So what does this mean for us today? It means that we can meet the risen Christ. We can have the same awareness that is not that it is not us who live, but Christ who lives in us. Easter is not just something that happened 2,000 years ago. Paul met the risen Christ years after the first Easter. He says, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Like Paul, we are untimely born. We are born 2,000 years too late to see the empty tomb on Easter morning, but that doesn't matter. Like Paul, we can still know the risen Christ. No matter when we are born, we can be aware of the spiritual, eternal Christ. The risen Christ says in the Gospel of Matthew, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. We see Christ with spiritual sight. We see Christ in us and others. Christ is not just a human being who lived in the first century. He is the one who was from the beginning of creation, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the pre-existent Christ described in the Gospel of John. He is the omnipresent Christ as present here and now as he was there and then two millennia ago. In Christ we know who we truly are. That is why Saul changed his name to Paul. He was so different after God revealed his son in him that he needed a different name. When God reveals his son in us, we see that we are different than we ever thought. We see who we really are in Christ. Jesus described this 
as unity with God. Jesus prayed for this, for us, on the night before his death. He prayed for his disciples, and then he said to God, I'm not asking on behalf of these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word. That's us. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I also have given them, so that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me, and you love them, just as you loved me. This oneness with God is what Jesus wants for his followers and what he prayed for, for us. We are not truly ourselves until we know this. This is not believing doctrines about Jesus or belonging to a church or going to heaven when we die. This is being one with God now. This is the resurrection. This is the first Easter and our Easter experience today. And that is my message for today. Grace and peace to you during this Easter season. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Christ.